0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike. Welcome back to part two with Lucas Burgoyne. If you missed part one, you probably want to catch up, get to know Lucas a little bit. And this one, as I said again, don't sleep on this young gun, 20-year-old. He has some really great thoughts on training, community, and just where he's going. Loved it. Lucas, thanks again, man. Hope you all enjoy the podcast, and if you're listening on Apple we would greatly appreciate it if you take 10 to 22 seconds out of your day. Leave us a review. Lets other people know that this is worthwhile to listen to so that they can get faster also. Have a great day. So what's, uh, you seem like a pretty motivated guy. What do you think, if you had to think about it, what's driving you the most in day-to-day life right now? I mean, you're a young dude who's 20. You've got a huge future ahead in, in a lot of things, I'm sure. What do you, what's kind of just pushing you along? Uh
1: man it's a it's a it's a simple and unsimple answer cuz i kind of unbox it myself as i go along um but you know as first one for like through any sports you like to win uh you like to be a part of winning um and so at first it was it was winning and that's what drove me and woke me up every morning to go out and work as hard as i could and now you know winning's still a big part of it um and you know you always try to like work to be the best you can be and achieve the highest you can achieve um but now i'm starting to see the community that builds off of one united goal of like all right we have this talent this person that's coming up and like you know like winning that jersey at nationals for me is cool it's a great memory um but it's nowhere even near the jersey's great it's nowhere even near the ability the ability the jersey has to unite people and that's what i'm finding out like this is great this is cool but give it all away for the ability to have this that, that ability to bring a whole community together under one roof whether you're you're beginner or you're elite racer everyone like gravitates towards this and like it's just it's beautiful to be, build a community off of that and you know people that share in a shared interest as you uh and i'd say that is what lately realizing that um and seeing just how kind of beautiful that is is a big is something i'm going to take now into my training and when i wake up every morning and be like that's what i want to do i want to unite people for a common goal dude
0: um, yeah, that's incredible i mean most, uh, we I don't know, I've listened to a lot of champions, national champions talk about winning and it's, it's your reason of what you're seeing is very unselfish. I think building community is an amazing thing. Yeah. I think, you know, when... As an American cyclist, like you know, people that follow the big races, there's not a ton of American cyclists for everybody to cheer for. So to have one that has this idea of like it would be amazing if you can go have this huge pro career, have a Grand Fondo. You not you see what some of these former pros are able to do when they come back, and I think it's really cool. Like you're saying, just having an event that includes everybody, whether you're trying to go complete the Grand Fondo, whether you want to go race, whatever. I mean, cycling just has, it brings so many different people of different backgrounds together. And it's like, we just want to ride a bike together. Um, so dude, that's super cool. Really? I love that. Um, habits, any good habits or bad habits that might affect positively or negatively your training or racing? sleeping <laughs> this good way is this good or bad one sleeping too much is a good and bad
1: one because sometimes i could be so good at it and like all right 6 a.m because the texas heat is so bad uh, got to get up at 6 a.m out the door by six thirty. um and so i'm like yeah go to bed at 10 Right. And just like, yeah, I got this super good. And then one night you realize you're up at 1230 p.m. and you got to wake up at 6 a.m. and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, this oh, <laughs> is this is I'm a night. I'm a night person. So it's like, oh, I messed up. I messed up. This ride tomorrow is going to suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a it's a good and a bad because. I haven't quite nailed it down yet but i can get decent
0: at it so are you are most of your friends cyclists or non-cyclists or is it a mix
1: it's a mix i like uh like you know when you you get in with cyclists right it, it kind of so a lot of times the conversation will always towards t- t- turn towards cycling and people be like oh what's your ftp or what's your this or that i'm like bro come on <laughs> like like yeah like we both can do power it's cool but let's like you're more than just a cyclist like what do you do on the side you know and so it's a mix I have you know some really great cycling friends and I have some really great non-cycling friends and I like the balance because it keeps it good uh it keeps it it keeps it always interesting you know so this one group keeps me grounded and focused and the other group takes me outside my shell and it's like yeah, let's go do something fun and it's like all right let's do this and so yeah, yeah it's pretty it's a, it's good to have a balance of both i think um and i love both communities no
0: doubt what are your favorite non-cycling things
1: uh jumping off of bridges into water uh or high elevated surfaces into water <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, big outdoors um uh, just like creaking, um, we have tons of creek streams in Austin uh, just 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 really just kicking back, relaxing like uh, being outside, even though I'm already outside so much, and then. On the flip side, I'm outside so much. So sometimes I just want to sit inside like I'm like a mashed potato and just lay on the couch for yeah. the first time.
0: <laughs> I always feel bad when it's a nice day and like you come back from a long ride and you're just, like hot and people want to chill outside. I'm like, damn, I just want to sit in AC right now. <laughs> I'm
1: already I'm already a little burnt. So if we
0: can just move this inside, that would be more than appreciated. So let's talk about nutrition a little bit. What do you, if you have, you just mentioned like a 6.30 ride and you're getting up at six. So are you eating before you go on these long rides or what are you doing?
1: That is, if you meet anyone who knows me, my special talent is managing to prep for a whole bike ride, uh, eat a full five course meal breakfast. And get dressed and do all the biking stuff and ride to the start within 30 minutes of when I wake up. It's a talent. I, I'm very <laughs> so your stomach, you're just good to go. Like I have real- iron, I have the most iron stomach you'll ever encounter. Um, yeah, we'll go. I'll literally wake up at 6 a.m. Uh, and then I will down like three pancakes caked in honey and peanut butter and then go out for a five-hour ride and just smash, and it won't be a
0: problem. Wow. Uh, yeah that's a talent (laughs) for sure that like makes me a little queasy thinking of it
1: it is my hidden hidden talent no doubt that i'm very proud
0: of (laughs) cookie monster basically exactly exactly what are you doing for on the bike during a race Um, my,
1: my so biggest thing uh for people is they don't understand how much you have to eat to succeed um you know if you miss an hour of eating in a race it can even the first hour when it's super easy vitally crucial uh, because you're not storing up for you're not eating or drinking for that hour you're eating and drinking for the next hour and a lot of times even the next day um because if you're in a stage race and you mess up one day and don't eat or drink at all you've essentially just tanked your whole. That that next day is going to go really bad. Um mm-hmm. uh, and so I will take on I make these homemade mango coconut rice cakes a lot of times. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, I'll take like 3 or 4 of those on. Uh, and they're big, so you know probably 3 400 calories, really dense. Um perfect balance of like uh Carbs, fats, and fibers, so that your body not only uh when you take it in, it like digests the carbohydrates, but not too quick that half of them get used and half of them just dissipate essentially into your body. Uh, you get that full, uh, you know, slow, almost like a slow breakdown. So every your body gets to process everything. And then with that fiber and fats, that slows the breakdown of carbohydrates in that thing. Then when you're slamming gels in that same hour or having drink mix, it also helps make sure you're processing all of those carbohydrates as well. Um, so may, I don't. you don't have to have a delicious mango, coconut, rice cake, but uh, make sure you're taking on some type of fat and fiber, not just straight gels and goose uh, because your body, uh, if you don't have an iron stomach, you'll yak. And if you do have an iron stomach, you'll crack. Uh, so <laughs> it's one or the other. Just make
0: sure you eat if you want to avoid both. Interesting. Um, I like yeah. that. What do you think? Um, what has there been any evolution to your nutrition over? I realize you're only 20, but you've been racing since you were like 13. I want to say maybe even younger.
1: I've been racing on the bike since I was 15, but I've been running since I was eight. But know, weren't you I'm
0: a sure. national champion when you were 14? Okay,
1: 14, yes, yes. See, you're
0: so long in the game, you forgot. All right, so this is good. This is a legit question then. I was like, well, he's super young. Maybe this doesn't make sense. What's the evolution of nutrition? I mean, young kids are notoriously not the best eaters. Maybe it's different because you've been really a lifelong athlete. Yeah. What, What is Lucas doing now versus, let's say, five years ago?
1: So I'd say it pretty much hasn't changed because I come from a like my dad was a runner at Baylor, like really high level miler, um, and so he always understood nutrition and and stuff and, and like how important it is to your athletic performance. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of i only child, so there's a lot of focus on me in the house, and so it was always uh, I would always you know eat and do stuff right, and it kind of just got ingrained in me from a very very young age, uh, and so. Yeah. It, it really hasn't changed all that much. Every, I think the only thing that changed was maybe I got on protein powder and then got bigger.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> getting jacked. Yeah, exactly. Let's Uh, I'm not a huge equipment guy, but people always ask me to ask these questions. So I see some zip wheels behind you. Is there anything unique about your setup on your uh, bike for racing?
1: It's uh the uniqueness would be that it's really nice stuff and goes really fast. So um now I run SRAM, red axis, the 12 speed group set, um, and then zip wheels. Uh, I've been running the 454s in the most recent races, and they're so fast. Mm. Um and then we have the Pinarello F twelve disc brake version. It's kind of arrow slash climber bike. Um how you like that frame? It's amazing, man. I've never been on a aero bike before mm-hmm. and just freaking. It mm-hmm. was like when you wind it up, just they don't stop.
0: Um, And they so don't I'll, stop
1: to the line. You're very, I very much enjoy riding that bike. So
0: I thought it was marketing until three years ago. Our team was given aero bikes and I was like, Whoa, this is like yeah. a mile an hour faster on normal routes. And then I was on another team and we, or no, same team, they changed sponsors, did not have an aero bike. And I was like, whoa, this is, wait, that actually mattered. And then I went back to an aero bike. I'm like, this is super fast. So right, right, right. Uh, just, <laughs> I laugh at asking this question because it, it's just people talk about this in our WhatsApp group all the time, tire size and pressure. <laughs> I have to preface it because some people watch this like, dude, who cares? Yeah. People talk about this a lot. and It blows my mind. Yeah.
1: Uh so I have come to the recent realization that um, if you are doing a crit, especially if it's a high level crit, you can no longer run anything but twenty eight mil tires, or you will feel like you're going to die the whole time. Mm. I crit nats was running twenty sixes and thought I was going to die the whole time. <laughs> there, it's the speed that people go through corners now uh, in these crits and these high level crits is absolute insanity. Uh, it's literally risking it for the biscuit every corner. And so, I mean, like the first 10 minutes of like, you're like y- Euro racing is very hard in it's different sense, but it's not in the corners. Guys don't typically take the corners very hard there. And then crits, obviously it's all about who's willing to m- m- like die in the last corner to win the bike race. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah, like I was running 26 mil tires, at 75 psi and i thought uh, and we were going through that last turn and it's a little bumpy and and uh i'm literally leaned as far over as i can and i'm like wow i might just eat it so hard in this corner right now but that's okay <laughs> it's okay we're gonna come out of this and oh uh, guys were there was guys going two or three miles an hour faster than me through that last corner and i was just like uh Oh
0: no! <laughs> you made me feel really good because there's, t- I don't really race crits anymore. I'm almost 40 and I've just, uh, I've never loved him, but it was a realization. It was probably two or three years into doing some serious races. And I asked him, I'm like, dude, I'm scared. He's like, oh yeah, so am I. I'm like, wait, what? He's like, oh dude. Yeah. Three quarters of the field is frightened the whole time. I'm like, oh, I thought I was alone. He's like, oh no, you're definitely like about to die a yeah. lot of times during this race. And it made me feel a little bit better, but I was like, wait, why are we, why are we doing this? This (laughs) Literally, literally I
1: knew in the crit finish, it was a, it's a last corner crit, which are always the scariest because you're going through the last corner at like 40 miles an hour and we're coming into the sprint and we're in our like little seven man breakaway. And I knew I had to slow the corner down because if I let the guy, these kids who are with me are all racing all these, you know, NRC, you know, whatever you call them, PRT crits, mm-hmm. racing with Legion and all those guys who literally are will, willing to die. Um, they, they are going to be able to like just mob this last corner. So guy goes, he's a time trialist. I know I'll run him down in the sprint. And then there's a kid right in front of me that has literally the biggest legs I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, oh, that kid can probably sprint. Uh, and so I like chop him on the, I get on his inside and like put my bars into him so that he can't, like, he has to kind of give up in the corner. Cause otherwise it'll go very badly, uh, to slow up the sprint a little bit so that it wasn't as much a last turn crit. And I'm like, okay, I got this. I did this perfectly. I moved up on him it's going to slow it down a little bit. We still went through the corner at like 33, this Kelly benefits kid, like momentum swings, and turns out he's a really good sprinter respect to him. I had no clue. Um, he swings dive bomb. Like I was already on the limit of my turning capabilities. And this kid somehow comes up under my inside and has no more momentum because going faster through the turn than the I'm like, Oh my God, that is so impressive. And he like, he, he's, he's going. And I'm like, I get out of the saddle for a second. And the gear was a little too big. And I was like, uh oh! And so I just start ripping, ripping, and I'm like, "Wow, I'm not really coming on this kid that fast." And then all of a sudden, I get over the gear, and it's just when oh. I like covered the whole like because I mean, we were coming into the turn, he was behind me, and then coming out of the turn, he had his whole bike in front of me, and I was like, so I had to make up a bike length, uh, like half a bike length, a bike length, and then go another half bike length in front of him before we finish. I was like, first I was
0: like, "Whoa, this may not go my way." <laughs> So depressing. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good fin- hearing that because he yeah. was super bummed in the finish line picture. And there's a good reason why he probably was like, Oh my God, I got this. And then, yeah, kind of- yeah, so- I had to come, yeah, I had to
1: come like just absolutely
0: chugging. And luckily
1: I got over the gear because if I hadn't got over the gear, it would have been, yeah, it just, it just came. It was a high speed sprint. Um, and so, yeah, once it just started turning, I got the legs going and, yeah, it was
0: exciting. So, Racing-wise, uh, do you have any any routines before a race to kind of help you get focused, ready to go? Uh, so my favorite routine that everyone
1: always gives me garbage for is, you ever heard of training, uh, uh, an altitude training mask? They're, they're not altitude training masks, but they're those uh, basically breathing restrictors, essentially. Okay. Right? I've seen them. So, like, people work out in them. Yeah. Yeah, you almost look like Bane. Uh, yeah to do with altitude it literally just is like a weight for your lungs to make them force them to open up um and so every race day you know eat get up pancakes is the typical breakfast uh lots of lots of honey and peanut butter roll over to the race get in my mode start with chill music and then it builds into amp music and then when i put the mask on it's like full amp music like we got all the best tracks going, J. Cole, just everything cranking. Uh, and I put this mask on and it just like, I just go into the game zone and it forces me to like, sometimes my lungs will feel gunky in the morning uh, just from allergies and whatnot. And it's like my all natural inhaler to get the lungs going. And whenever I do that, I feel and race so much better. Cause like sometimes most of the times warm up isn't for your legs. I feel like it's for your lungs because if your lungs and your heart rate aren't ready to go, you're mm-hmm. in trouble. And so that's my, like, I'll just walk around the race and it's like, like all you hear is like of me breathing in and out. People are like, what is this kid doing? And it's <laughs> never, sad. never gone to a race and not had at least three people make a comment about what the, my mask being on and and so you're um, warming up with this on out on the bike sometimes I'll put it on on the bike uh if I'm really feeling like I need a little extra like lung expansion that day um but most of the time I'll sit in the car pin a jersey up while this is on and I'll leave it on for like 10-15 minutes because then also when you take it off you're like a, I'm like, you know, it opens your lungs up. And then B, you're like, oh my God, there's so much oxygen in there. This is amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> dude, it's, I use this thing called AeroFit and it's uh, like a breathing trainer. And right. people, right. in five years, a lot more people will be worried about the respiratory side of sports. And yeah. one guy commented to me kind of snarky. He's like, dude, if this works, why isn't everybody doing it? And I'm like, dude, everybody doesn't want to do all the little extra things. But yeah. before a race, just like you said, man, I've been in the car and I'm like, oof, my lungs do not feel like they don't feel ready to go. Then you do like a couple quick sessions. I'm like, damn, I'm so glad I did that. And yeah. then you get out there and I'm like, it almost reminds me how deep breathing feels. So when I'm like VO two max and I'm like, dude, it's okay. Like fully breathe, fully exhale. And it's just keyed my mind in a different way. It's the only way I can explain to somebody that hasn't done it. So that's interesting to hear yeah. Mine is, mine is
1: a arrow fit that instead just wraps around your whole face.
0: Yeah, I like that. I Actually, it makes me want to try and check one of those out. It'd be good for race mornings, for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. What's your biggest goal race? Not even this year, in three years, five years, whenever. What are you trying to do? Uh, Put it out there on the internet. I am...
1: I am a very go with the flow kind of person and uh, every race is important to me. So I'd say my goal race is the next one that I'm trying to win. So it it is, it is, it is the next one and then the next one and then the next one, and then five years down the road, it is also the next one. So I love that. Yeah. I never want to come in feeling under, I don't care if it's a time trial or a mountain stage it's that one. I'm going to win. That. I'm going to go in with the ma- the mindset that I'm going to win that one. And then when I get blasted out the back by 30 minutes, at least I'll have been hyped for the first, you know, half of the race and still had a good time. So, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's uh? so what do you, this is going to be a good question for especially people, maybe a couple of years younger than you um, or those that haven't hit your level of success, but, And maybe they're 23, 24, or they're like an American kid who found cycling later. Like we've been talking about earlier. What do you think it takes to become a pro in the U S especially nowadays, like, you know, kind of said, there's not as many races going on and I'm going to leave it open for you on that. Yeah. Um, two
1: things, uh, building a community of people around you that when your highs are high, they're with you and they're supporting you. And when your lows are low, they're picking you right back up. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the first thing is I've been so fortunate uh, in Houston to have built a community around me in Austin, even though I've been there for two years, the support is absolutely absurd. Um, You know, from anything uh, you know, like, having I have a guy named nello amazing old uh like South American man who just loves cycling and he's seen he's- he's lived in austin all of his life and he and he hears about i'm prepping for pro and u twenty three nats I think I have a shot to win something um like I need all the help I can get and it's just spread around all of a sudden he he just gets my number out of nowhere he's like, hey how can I help how like he's like, i do motor pacing." he's, he's said, you know, 60, 70. So he's been, he's been in the sport for, you know, five decades or something. I do, I can do motor pacing. I can drive behind you and have bottles so that you don't have to stop. We can do this or that. How just, how can I help? And there's a lot of those people, um, especially in the cycling community, you'll find it's a lot of people that just want to come together and for a common goal and succeed and, and watch whether it's them or their buddy, um, watch them succeed. Um, and so building that community around yourself and, and being charismatic and caring and, and going out and having fun with these people, not always being serious. Every ride isn't important. It's connections and people and, and, uh, and just building, building something bigger than yourself is way more important than getting in that extra three hour interval session sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is step one, I'd say, because you need that to succeed and you need that to go far in the sport. And then step two is when everyone else isn't working, keep working. Um, and when it's hurt, when it sucks, keep working. You're going to come through it. You're going to get better. Uh, so I'll just example, um, this season has probably been the toughest season to date run in that I've ever had. Um, I lost my grandmother in November to COVID. Mm. uh, And then in January I got right at first week of January. uh, I get hit head on uh, by a car. Uh, I thought I ended up under the underside of the car had like popped my shoulder out of socket, broken my wrist. My leg had been like, was trapped under the wheel and was getting dragged along the ground, the front of my leg. I thought that was like, in the the heat of the moment, I was like, this is, when I was going in, I was like, this is where it all ends. Then I like kind of come out of it and I'm screaming in pain. I'm like, okay, I'm still alive. Uh, And so I'm okay. Um, And then they kind of, you know, the the car literally gets off of me essentially. Uh, And then I get up um, and I get up, right. And, and, and I, and I walk off there on my own, well, Maybe not. Maybe I got carried out of there. I can't remember, but <laughs> I get out of this situation and I'm okay. Uh, you know, it sucks. Yeah. My wrist hurts. Uh, yeah. My leg hurts. Yeah. My body hurts, but keeping that, then you, then you go, right. Okay. Like I get back at it four or five days later, I'm hungry. I'm motivated. I'm on action. There's a level of excellence I'm expected to hold. Right. And so I'm back on the bike after this, five days later, I've put my bars way up in the air. I've got aero bars to sit on and I grind 20 hours a week on a trainer for four or five weeks, right? Just three hours every day. I couldn't do you know, longer than three hours, but I could do that every day. And so that's how you hit a 20 hour week. Boom, hit Europe, crash, 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 right? I literally crashed three, four times in three months. And like, it was, it almost felt like every race, right? Because just being in the wrong, like figuring out where the wrong place is, where the right place is to be. And I always seem to be in the wrong place getting caught up. Right. But I get up, get up, just keep like, you're going to get knocked down a hundred times, but if you get up a hundred and one, something beautiful on the other side is going to happen. And so I just kept getting knocked down and I just kept getting up and I said, I can do this. It's just skin. It's just this. And there was a very low point in there it was my final crash in Europe, my last race in the spring block. So I've had three races. I've had three crashes already. One was just a simple like follow the bike, nothing bad. Second one was bad. I was in the caravan. Caravan car runs me off the road. I end up with four stitches in my knee. Uh, third crash. I think we were on the way to doing something very special while I had stitches in my knee. And then this kid just like, we're fifth wheel in the sprint, and he just eats it right in front of me. Uh-huh. Uh, and then fourth time, we're doing a pre ride for uh, this last this this kind of like uh, semi classic style race. And I'm feeling really good. The mental's there. It's a really high level. Like we have Murlier and Deck and Colburn in the race, so you know it's going to be really hard. Um, and go out for my pre-ride feeling great. I get to the hotel. I'm like, no, I'm going to turn around and do one more sprint and turn around right in front of the hotel, wind up, get up to like, uh, it's probably like 55 K an hour. I still winding up, uh, which is like, I don't know, 35 or something and snap a cleat mid sprint deck it right in front of, literally slide into my hotel opening parking lot. Right. And I, you know, it's fast, high speed, literally just biffed it straight there. Cause I snapped, you know, snapped the cleat, hit the bars and just, tank oh, wow. and i'm like just bleeding everywhere and hands are in both in both there's both my hands are just shredded there's this giant gash out of my hip uh elbows like i'm like thought i had broken a chipped to piece in my elbow for a second i'm just sitting there and i'm like like that was rock bottom I'm just sitting there just like what is happening i'm like on the edge of crying like this is this is stupid this is like i don't like i don't want to be here right now mm-hmm. i just to go home And then I get up, get, you know, you sit there. This time I sat there a little bit longer, maybe just 20 minutes on the road, just like dealing. And then finally I get up, I swallow my pride. I roll into the mechanics. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Here's my bike. It's broken. (laughs) And that was the turning point. I sat there and I was like, I can turn this. I can turn this. I can turn this. I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to be okay. And I get up, get my bike roll in, and then probably have arguably the best race. I didn't, didn't, it didn't come out to the result I wanted because of the injuries I had suffered the day before Uh, they eventually caught up to me, but I had arguably the best race I'd had all season right there. Right. And then from that, you know, had a you know, it just started falling, just then came back home, did, you know, won a race, had a great time was doing, you know, training really hard. And then click, click, click. Everything's adding. Everything's adding. Everything's adding. Just keep your head in the sand. Keep working. Keep your horse blinders on. Keep driving. Keep doing everything you can. Um, and eventually it's going to fall. It's going to click. Just grind. It sucks that it's been six months like this, but eventually you're going to come out the other side. The rainbow going to hit and God, is it going to be beautiful? And that was the nat- national championship. That was the accumulation of all of that. So.
0: that's a great story man that's a good a good timeline to be able to look back on so do you think it's fair to say resilience is yes yeah be resilient resilience is
1: if you can have resilience and a willing to work out work and work very hard um you're gonna go very far in cycling very mm-hmm. very far be just fine so
0: this is many you're a wise man among young years but it's like uh drake has a line you can play your heart out everyone doesn't get a ring though and it's in our society of like go to work work a little bit harder get paid a little bit more cycling's not like that and you can your ass and you can go to the race and get 17th and that's the brutal nature of this sport and it, it breaks a lot of people and uh yeah. I just, I think boiling it down to like most people that are watching this aren't going to reach your level, but for like the cat three cyclists to hear, dude, you are almost right there. And yeah. after you figure out how to get out of cat three, don't get it twisted. You're going to go to the first one, two race and your head's going to be spinning. And you're like, damn it. I'm not good enough for this. No, keep going. Keep grinding, go get dropped again and figure out how to get, hold on a little bit longer, figure out what your bat. And it's just, Yeah, dude, that's amazing advice, which you kind of, you know, in answering, what does it take to become a pro? You kind of answer my question of like, maybe, and maybe have a different one. What's the best tip? My last question was me, what's the best tip for newer cyclists or, you know, the one, two cyclists that's trying to get to your level? Is it be resilient or is there something else you might throw out there? It is,
1: it is a, a culmination of what I just sat there and said, it's resilience it is the community part and it is understanding, uh, like, you know, cycling is a connections game. Um, and so understanding that that's what it is and everything you do on the bike, uh, is a representation of who you are. Um, and so five years down the road, you could have been in a, you know, there, there, I came through cycling, um, and the cat, you know, two, threes, four whatever you know three four years ago and i was racing with a guy who now sponsors me and pays for a lot of stuff and because i made that connection when i was you know 16 uh and they saw me as this like i was it it wasn't like i intentionally like he didn't this company didn't even exist that now sponsors me um but he's now a big part of it and because i built like you have to understand that everything you do is a reflection of yourself. And because I, you know, planted that seed early of, you know, they, they liked me and they knew I was tenacious and I was willing to work hard and they, they want to see that succeed. And because of this four years ago instance of me just inter, you know, I don't even remember how we met, but it was a introducing out of nowhere. Uh, and now they're, you know, their spot, you know, like that's that connections and being the best, being uh, the best you, you can be and all the time. And, um, just authenticity and be yourself and work, 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 man. That is, that is, all I, I love.
0: love it, man. It's nothing about Watts. It's all these internal personal things. Watts,
1: Watts unless you're going uphill are essentially, uh, useless i mean they're not useless but it doesn't matter because it's all about positioning and skill uh you can be half as strong as the next guy but if you make that the that person ride the front for an hour and you sit on the whole time guess who's going to win the bike race Mm -hmm. not them they're exponentially stronger than you on paper
0: this is, there's, I talked to, I'm in like a lot of forums, just answering questions and stuff. And there's the, the number one thing I think people talk about is, you know, certain, certain people are led down the road saying, hey, if I can do X watts for this duration, I'm gonna be really good. And I'm like, I just want to warn you, that's not a bike race. Like you might feel fit, yeah. you might go get blown out the back and it's, they can't compute that. And then it's that question that we talked about before, just go race. And then let's talk. And then it kind of clicks. And they realize that this thing up, it doesn't show with my Zoom background. The head, the brain has a lot to do with success. But you hit on a million things. We go down rabbit holes off of cycling of like everybody's a personal brand and everybody is selling themselves. And I have tons of friends who, you know, are like, I hate selling. I'm like, dude, you're selling every day. You're selling me to go get sushi instead of a burger. Or you're, you know, you're always, there's always a, deal going on
1: yeah man um, it's it's cycling times are changing uh and it's because of your justin williams colin strickland's uh of the of the world who are creating this if you can be like obviously you need to be talented and you need to win bike races but if you can be present on social media, mm-hmm. there's advertising and now they make very good livings for racing the American, like, you know, the American scene uh, and doing what they love. Right. And, and and they're not working. They're just having an app. Okay. Maybe Justin's stuff seems a little hectic, but they, it, it just seems amazing. You know, what they're doing is, is uh, uh, they're, they're developing a path for the younger wave of when we, if we get, and we're, we're the social media error. And so I'm fortunate. I feel like I'm catching it on the front end and I've started working on it and trying to do more stuff like them. You know, like I ride with Colin all the time. He's out of Austin. We talk about it. Um, And having that understanding, he's like, you know, like there's so many things in cycling, so many advertisements here and on your Jersey and all that. And, and the grand scheme of things, It can't, you know, you can't always see it. You can't, you know, whatever, whatever. But how do you make, how do you, how do you bring attention to them? What if you have, you know, five, 10, 20,000 Instagram followers, that's your advertisement platform. That is your, that is your, and I've just started working on it six months ago and, and it is tenfolding my, uh, my marketability. And my, uh, you know, how like, you know, now I can legitimately go to, to sponsors and sit down with, like, you know, for when I was in high school, maybe I had a thousand followers and there's zero markability there and whatnot, but with, I don't know. 6,500 on a minuscule scale of what those guys do i can sit down and be like "Yo, here's the stats this is what i can do it's not here this is my growth rate i project to be at 10k by the end of this year then at that growth rate this is how many people i can expose you to and all this crazy number crap that's awesome to look at but not to talk about um that's your marketability that is where cycling's going Uh, that's where people are starting to catch on a little bit. And it's thanks to those uh, guys. Um, So
0: Yeah, it's web 3.0 is an amazing thing. It's like, it's changing our lives. We're like just scratching the surface on this thing. And it's, uh, I mean, I think, and then COVID has changed one huge thing of now people realizing how much they can get done not going to an office. And so like we're on the, still on the front end of like the technological revolution and uh we won't bore people with this, but yeah, we'll, when we get a ride in, we'll chat about a ton of non cycling stuff. I'm like, we should get, we can go down this other hour long podcast. Oh yeah. oh yeah. On web 3.0. Yeah. Dude, this was awesome, man. Lucas, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, Hope you have a great ride tonight in Texas, in Austin. And hopefully at some point I'd love to buy you coffee, get a ride in cross paths somewhere and Dude, you have a lot of people rooting for you. You have an amazing head on your shoulders. Keep doing what you're doing. Huge things coming down the road for you. Super pumped to see that. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, it was a blast. Um, very nice to meet you, man. And you as well. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll see you on here again one day soon.
0: Uh, so I, Yeah, there's a couple. I got to get down. I'm trying to think of um, – I'd want to do hotter than hell one year and never made it down there There there's something else it wasn't pace ben but at some point i'll be in texas i'll be hitting you up
1: yeah i'm sure you know tons of biking people but you need any help setting up some housing i'd be more just just uh reach out and i'd be more than happy to love it yeah thanks man
0: well, I'll talk to you enjoy, later. The rest the morning. enjoy Did you eat the pancakes yet, or is that on tap? Or is it's getting a little it, late? It's
1: a, I've been off this week. You know, it's my 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 mental reset week for me. Okay. So uh it was actually an omelet this morning. You know, we okay. gotta can't have pancakes all the time when we on pancakes. So
0: all the carbs <laughs> for no biking now, yeah, it's not really exactly, good. exactly.
1: This seven days has been beautiful, but we <laughs> got to work today.
0: So all right, awesome, dude. Thanks, man. You. We'll talk soon. Bye. Right. See ya.